uh, been sent to do. And we know that because the Bible says at the end of verse 14 that a fame of him, there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. So what does that mean? It just means everywhere you went, people couldn't stop talking about Jesus of Nazareth. They were saying things like, have you heard him preach? Who would have thought that the carpenter's son could preach like that? Have you heard of some of the things that he has done? They're truly amazing. I mean, the, nobody could stop talking about Jesus. Um, they, they were attracted to his ministry. Um, the Bible seems to suggest that by the time he arrived in, in Nazareth and went to synagogue, that as his fame grew, so did the crowds grow. I mean, more and more people were showing up to hear from Jesus Christ. So all of this suggests the fact that there was a fame of him that Jesus spent some time preaching in the synagogues of Galilee before arriving back in Nazareth. And as that fame arose, it, it lended credibility to Jesus as he announced to his hometown congregation what it was that he was about. As he took the scriptures and opened them to Isaiah chapter number 61, he read a prophecy that was clearly messianic in nature, and he said... This day, this moment, in this place, these words are fulfilled in your hearing. Reading from that prophecy, Jesus announced, and if you'll look again in verse number 18, he announced that he had been sent to preach the gospel to the poor. He announced that he would touch broken-hearted people with healing. He would deliver those whose lives were bound by sin. He would give sight to the blind. He would comfort those who were bruised and battered by their lives in this world. With spiritual power and real compassion, Jesus would touch hearts, reach people, and change lives forever. It was the ministry of Jesus Christ. And that is what Christian ministry is meant to be. I believe that as a church, a congregation, we talk about doing ministry. We're talking about touching hearts, reaching people, and changing lives through the preaching of the gospel and the truths of this word. It's, it's, it's touching hearts and reaching people and changing lives with real compassion and authentic spiritual power evident in our lives. That is what God wants for Faith Baptist Church. That is what God wants for this body of people. A people whose lives have been so touched by the compassion of Jesus Christ that they cannot help but share that compassion with other people. Uh, individuals who are also empowered by God's Spirit. So they minister out of the fullness of the Spirit to the people they engage in. Ministry like Jesus did ministry. And for that to happen, we need a fourfold vision of ministry. I believe there are four things that our ministry must have here at Faith Baptist Church if we're going to do ministry like Jesus did it. Let's look at it briefly together this morning. Number one, we need to understand that the power of ministry is the Holy Spirit. The power of ministry is not how good our Facebook page looks or our website looks, and I'm all for having those be the very best they can be. The first impression is an important impression that you make on somebody. But that's not where the power of ministry comes from. The power of ministry doesn't come in our, from our sound equipment. 
You know, you don't get more power in your ministry because you crank up the volume of your sound. The power of ministry comes from the Holy Spirit. Luke has uh, uh, taken great care in this early portion of his gospel to note the progress of the Spirit in the life of Jesus. He tells us that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus at his baptism. He then tells us that the Spirit filled Jesus and led him out into the wilderness where he was tempted. We now read in verse number 14 that he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit to begin his ministry. You know, a church can have a lot of activities going on, okay, but we can be active without the Spirit of God. Now, we can have a lot of programs. We can be very busy people and lack the power of God. There can be many things done without the Spirit of God, but there can be no true ministry apart from His work in our hearts, our lives, and the lives of other people. The power of ministry is the Holy Spirit. Ministry is a work that can only be done with spiritual power. Jesus is telling us here, Luke is telling us, that Jesus, God, who became man, and coming in this world to save people from their sins, that as he began his ministry, he did it as a man empowered by the Spirit of God. He performed his ministries in the enabling power of God's Spirit. He conducted his ministry in the power of the Spirit. And surely if it's meant to teach us one thing, that if Jesus would not do his ministry without that power, we should not attempt to do it else. We must have the Spirit of God and his power upon our lives as a church, if we want to touch hearts, we want to reach people, if we want to change lives for eternity in this place. Now, I've got good news for you. If you're a Christian today, that power is available to you. I can say that because the Bible tells us this. If you're a Christian, you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. Every Christian possesses God's Spirit. In John 14, verse 17, as Jesus prepared his disciples for his departure, he spoke to them of the Holy Spirit, and he said this, The Spirit shall be in you. He's with you now, but there's coming a day when the Spirit will be in you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, we've jumped ahead a number of years. Uh, the church has grown. Uh, there's uh, uh, churches scattered throughout the Roman Empire. and Paul is writing to the church in Rome, and he says this, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of God's. You can't belong to God and not have the Spirit of God. And so if you've received Christ as your Savior, you have God's Spirit living in you. And God's Spirit in you is where you find the enablement to do the ministry that God can use you to do. A long time ago, I gave this definition to ministry. I've never altered it. Ministry occurs when God's people are partnered with God's Spirit to accomplish God's purposes in the lives of others. Jesus says, to this end, I was sent. To this end, I was anointed. It's not about going out in ministry and doing what I want to do, but I've been given a mission by God and anointed with His Spirit... I will go out and perform these ministries. Ministry occurs when God's people are partnered with God's Spirit to accomplish God's purpose in the lives of others. The power of ministry is the Spirit. Number two, the focus of ministry is people. People. 
Verse number 17 states that Jesus intentionally turned to the prophecy in Isaiah that he read in the synagogue that morning. Again, the passage that he read begins in the 61st chapter of Isaiah. Every Jew in that place recognized it as a prophecy of the Messiah or the Christ and therefore of Jesus. It was a prophecy describing the manner in which Jesus would minister while he was here on earth. The important thing that you and I need to note in this is that the anointing of the Spirit was for a specific purpose. Verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. And then he gives us specific ways that anointing or empowerment would be exercised in his life. Every single one of them is focused on what somebody else needs. Somebody who needs the gospel. A broken-hearted person who needs healing. A, a, a person who's blind, okay, physically, spiritually, they need sight. Every one of these statements is outward in nature. It was intended to impact the life of somebody else. We've lost sight sometimes today, I think, in Christianity, that the focus of ministry is outward. It's too often we, we come to church and we're looking for what that church can do for us. Why does it have to offer me? Jesus Christ was sent, and I think we all know that life always didn't go the way he would have liked it to go. Foxes, they have holes. Birds of the air, they have nests. Son of man, sometimes he didn't even have a place to lay down his head at night. But that didn't matter. Why? Because there was something he was to do. There was a mission that he was engaged in. There were ministries to be formed, performed. The focus of ministry is outward. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, the Apostle Paul said this to the church in Philippi. And in saying that to that church, he says it to this church and every church. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now, I believe we should care about the kind of church we attend. Okay? But that's not where our concern stops. Okay? Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. The focus of ministry is outward. It is to seek the good, the benefit, the health, the growth of others. You know, a reporter once asked Leonard Bernstein what was the most difficult instrument to play in his orchestra. And without hesitation, he said, second fiddle. Think about that. Ministry occurs when we allow God's Spirit to turn our attention away from ourselves that we might minister to the needs of others. The focus of ministry is people. Each of the things that Jesus was anointed to and sent to do are, de are, are defined here in terms of an action. And again, the, the Bible says that in verse number 18 that he was to heal the brokenhearted. A sin is the great heartbreaker of this world. There's, a, there's no shortage of hurting people today. Okay. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the mender of broken hearts. Jesus said he was sent to heal the broken heart. Uh, the gospel heals broken hearts. You say, how's it do that? By giving people a hope of that day when their hearts will never be broken again. You know, there is coming a day when God's going to wipe away every tear. The Bible says that. By the way, it's true. 
God's going to take and erase every painful memory. We will never again remember any unkind thing said to us, any malicious deed done to us, any hurtful thing that happened, any betrayal in our lives. There's coming a day when our broken hearts will be so healed that they will never be broken again because of the place that God has prepared for us. Our hearts will never again feel the sin of rejection. They will never again know the pain of abuse, the ache of loneliness, that, 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 that hurt that comes from losing somebody we love. There is nothing else in the world that can give the heart healing like that except the gospel of Jesus Christ, the promise that the Son of God has come into this world and on your behalf died on Calvary's cross for your sins. He made a complete payment for sins. He was buried and He rose again. And as a living Savior, He says, if you will put your trust in Him, if you will believe He did that for you, then He will give you eternal life and you will live out the rest of your days with this certainty. Heaven will be your home to heal the broken hearted. Jesus says that He had been sent to deliver the captives, to preach deliverance to the captives. Sin and slaves. Christ came to set people free. Uh, the gospel not only promises forgiveness of sins. How many are glad the gospel offers forgiveness of sin? Amen. But God wants us to have freedom from sin. Freedom from the prison house, as we spoke this morning, our Sunday school hour, of a bitter spirit. Uh, the freedom from the bondage of addiction. Freedom from every binding influence that sin wants to put on our lives. Jesus did not come just so we could be forgiven people. He came so we could be a liberated people, free from sin. He says to recover the sight of the blind. Now, this was, of course, fulfilled literally in the ministry of Jesus. But beyond that, the gospel promises a day when blinded eyes will be able to look on their Savior and take in all the wonders and glories of heaven. <laughs> you may live a lifetime without physical sight, but in Jesus Christ you can find hope that one day you will see what you've never seen before and you will see things that you never believed you could have seen because of Jesus. Jesus fulfilled that literally. But I believe, in fact the Bible teaches, that the gospel is also the, the cure for spiritual blindness. When you receive Christ as your Savior, God opens your eyes to all the hope and help and grace and strength that Jesus has to give to a human life that has to live in this world another day. To open, to recover sight for the blind. And then lastly, he said to set at liberty those whose lives were bruised and battered by sin. Jesus ministered to others with spiritual power and real compassion. And because he did so, he went everywhere, touching hearts, reaching people, changing lives with the gospel. And God wants to do the same thing through me, through you, through every believer. It's his, it's his vision for what a church is meant to do that is built in a, a, a community. You know, ministry requires that, that we stop looking at church solely as a place where our hearts are encouraged and, and our lives are enriched. 
But we need to see church as a place where others can come and they can be introduced to our Savior and they can be helped by His grace. Uh, They can be freed from the same truths that have freed us. Ministry is about others. The power of ministry is the Holy Spirit. The focus of ministry is people. Number three, the instrument of ministry is the Word of God. The instrument of ministry is the Word of God. The healing, delivering, sight-restoring, comforting ministry of Jesus began with the preaching of the gospel. If you look at verse number 18 again, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He's telling us that this healing, delivering, sight-restoring, comforting ministry would have been incomplete apart from the preaching that he did. The preaching of the gospel. It's just impossible to miss the emphasis, uh, the prominent place that preaching is given in this account. Uh, Jesus, again, he had a habit of going to the synagogue. Why? Because that was the place where God's word was preached and its truths were made available to other people. Uh, we read that he opened the book that was given to him. He didn't take the Bible. <laughs> he didn't take the Bible and just, you know, you've probably seen this. Yeah, I'm so glad y'all are here today. I got a great message from the Lord. Here we go. And we, you, you could have left your Bible at home. Why? Well, because there's no need to ever open it and read it. Bible says he, Bible says he opened it. He found the text that he knew people need to hear that day. He read it, and then every eye was fastened on him. He began to tell them what that scripture meant. The preaching ministry of Jesus. The instrument of ministry is the preaching of the Word of God. The emphasis on preaching demonstrates this. Jesus believed that the Bible is sufficient to meet every need of man. It is by the truth of the Scriptures that broken hearts can be mended. It is by the truth of Scriptures that lives in bondage can be set free from sin. It is by truth of Scripture that spiritual blindness can be cured. A bruised and battered lives can be restored and rebuilt on the truths of God's Word. Today, it's argued that people need less preaching and more whatever. I'm telling you this. The Bible is the most relevant and reliable tool of ministry that a church has. Nothing else can do in our lives what the Bible itself can do through its preaching, its teaching, its truth, publicly declared and personally received into our lives. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and what? The truth shall make you free. It'll make you a little freer today than you were yesterday and a little bit more free uh, tomorrow than you were the day before. It'll make you free. As those truths take hold on your height, uh, upon your heart, you begin to experience just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more of the freedom that God wants you to have. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Apostle Paul says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It is only the Word of God. The Word of God brought to bear 
on the issues of our life that can meet the deepest needs we have and help us with the greatest struggles we face in life. The Bible is more profitable to you than anything else you could read or study or watch or listen to. It is the most reliable and powerful instrument of ministry God has put in our hands. The power of ministry is the Holy Spirit. The focus of ministry is people. The instrument of ministry is the Word of God. And the reward of ministry is changed lives. The vision that Jesus gives of ministry, the vision that was outlined for him in Isaiah 61, if you notice, just kind of optimistic in nature. Through the preaching of the gospel, Jesus could expect that broken hearts would be mended, that battered lives could be rebuilt, that blinded eyes could be opened. Jesus was given confidence and expectation that through the preaching of the gospel, hearts would be touched, people would be reached, and lives would be changed. People would experience the healing, freeing, spirit-giving power of God's Word and God's Spirit in their lives. It was optimistic. It was also opportunistic. So what do you mean by that? Well, if men are not blind, they have no need of sight. If hearts are not broken, they have no need of mending. If sin is not enslaving, then we have nothing from which the gospel may set us free. What this text is telling us is this book meets us where life tends to take us. It does have a tendency, does it not, to take us places where hearts are broken. Our hearts. We, we know how quickly and easily a sin can overtake our lives. An old sin can come back in that we thought was gone forever. It's optimistic, but it's opportunistic. It just recognizes that we have needs that only God can meet. And the reason why God has given us this book, and the reason why God has placed in you and I His Spirit, the reason why God calls us together as a church to be equipped in this way is so we can go out into a hurting, stumbling, blinding world and introduce them to the healing power of the gospel. The saving power of Jesus Christ. The freeing power of these truths. I want to close this morning by just taking all that we've just heard and say, Pastor, well, what do you think that means in terms of us? What would Faith Baptist Church look like if we did ministry the way Jesus did ministry? Well, I believe Faith Baptist Church would be a place first where the hurting can find comfort. Where the searching can find answers. Where the guilty can find forgiveness. Where every heart can be touched and every life experience change through the ministry that takes place here.
It's a place where unbelievers would be introduced to the soul-saving, life-changing power of the gospel. New believers would find acceptance and encouragement as they begin their new lives in Christ and have to put off some old things and learn how to put on some new things in their lives. Where growing believers could deepen their relationship to Jesus and thereby fulfill God's calling upon their life. Struggling believers would be given all the encouragement, support, help, and grace they need to become overcomers for the Lord Jesus Christ. We'd become a place where we'd walk by faith because we knew that we could not do what God has put us here to do. Only God can do that. Only the Spirit of God can do that through our lives. And so we would be, we would be cast in dependence upon God to watch Him do what only He can do in the hearts of people. We would be a people who lived in hope with the expectation that if we preach this gospel, people will be saved. If we will minister to people with real compassion and real uh, uh, spiritual power in our life, that hearts will be touched and lives will be changed, people will be reached, we'd have that kind of confidence in Faith Baptist Church. We would minister to others the way Jesus ministered to people in His day with spiritual power, genuine compassion through the preaching of the gospel He's given to us. See, ministry occurs when God's people are partnered with God's people. Excuse me. God's people are partnered with God's Spirit to accomplish God's purpose in the lives of others. Ministry occurs... When hearts are touched and people are reached and lives are changed. I am confident this morning that people are hurting. There are Christians who are struggling. There are people who are just trying to make the best of a very difficult life. I don't think they should look any further for the help they need and the hope they can find than Faith Baptist Church. I believe they ought to be a walk through these doors, come into this place, be welcomed by a people who genuinely love them. A people who, who are not so focused on themselves that they cannot be yielded to the Spirit of God. They will find in the Bible truths that connect with their hearts and lead them to the answer that they're searching for. Say, so how will that happen? I think two things have to happen, and they really have to happen now. Number one, we cannot be content to live without spiritual power. We, we cannot hope that our friendliness will do what only the power of God's Spirit can do. That our activity and our busyness, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. I am very thankful for every person who comes out on a Saturday morning, goes out and puts an invite card on the door, talks to people about you. I'm very thankful for that. But do you understand, we could do that from now until Jesus comes without any effect apart from the enabling, empowering Spirit of God. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. We cannot be content to try to do church, to try to live Christianity apart from the power of God's Spirit. If you're a Christian this morning, I just ask you, what have you done this week that's connected you to God's Spirit and give you a sense as you went out that God could use me today because I know, I know 
what the Spirit of God in me is wanting to do. Number one, we can no longer be content to try to do ministry without spiritual power. And then secondly, we really need to confess our tendency to be self-seeking, self-centered people. We need to ask God to break and burden our hearts for lost, hurting, struggling people. You say, but pastor, I am one of those strugglers. I get it. All Christians are strugglers. We all struggle somewhere in our life. But if we make our struggles, all of our life just revolves around that. We'll never get beyond them to the place where Jesus can use us to help somebody else. What I have found is when we take our eyes off ourselves and we begin to, to, to look to other people and seek God's enablement to make a difference in their lives, then we're experiencing more of what we need to help us with our struggles and we struggle less. We need to ask the Lord to break our hearts and burden us for others, for the hurting in our community. When we do those two things, I believe I can say with confidence, hearts will be touched, people will be reached, and lives will be changed through the ministry of Faith Baptist Church. It's a vision.